Hello everyone, welcome to another Ismono podcast. In this episode, which I recorded in 2020, I talked to Sasha, aka Wandering Dots. As mentioned, this was recorded three years ago, so the audio quality is not as good as my previous episodes that you have listened to recently, but the episode was an amazing talk, so yeah, enjoy! Hello everyone, it's time for another podcast and today I have the pleasure and the honor to talk to Sasha, aka, I would say, Wandering Dots is correct, right? That's correct, yes. Hi, Bob. Before we start, um, maybe you can introduce yourself to the listeners who don't know you yet and yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and yeah, what you're doing with your website. Cool. So my name is Sasha uh, Dotsenko. I'm based in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, I'm the author of the blog called WanderingDots.me. This is the blog I started roughly six months ago when I felt that uh, I could create a medium for bag reviews to add and contribute to the existing reviews done by Bo, by Chase, by some other people I really enjoy following. And I'm just a bag nerd, basically. <laughs> I, I love... Uh, the carry community as well, uh, it's been something that blew my mind as soon as I joined the uh, the Facebook groups of TPP, the Perfect Pack, mm -hmm. as well as the Carryology CrossFit. And just the community and, and the products are so incredible that I was really inspired to contribute more. And this is how I started to combine my boring IT life with some <laughs> weekend photo shoots and article writing with my wife that I do for the Wandering Dots. That's incredible. We've just spoken in the beginning that seeing your website, I was always under the impression that you have been reviewing bags for quite some time. And yeah, I'm, I think your website is impressive. And I have all of the questions that I have are a little bit going in that direction. So just like in the other podcast, we both prepare three questions each and we will ask each other these questions. And yeah, since you are my guest, I would like to ask you the first question and that is considering the website. As mentioned, when I saw the website I, and all of the pictures, I thought that you have been doing this for a long time. So I was really impressed by the work you're doing, especially the stills photography. You have a very good eye. And I would like to know what's your camera of choice and what's your creative process when shooting bags? Because I feel like you put the bags, like I remember the Charlie 25 review where you had this bag and this little wall and stuff like that. That picture looks amazing. And for me, when I shoot bags, I also feel like it's very difficult to shoot bags, especially black bags, because there's so much high contrast um, with right. bags in general. So yeah, I would like to know what's your camera of choice and what's your creative process when you are shooting your pictures for your reviews? A cool question. So I have to say that, oh, first of all, thank you. Uh, the, the blog is the efforts of a dynamic duo of myself and my That's wife. Incredible. You would be laughing, but <laughs> I actually do the, the articles. So I write the art article, I do the testing, mm -hmm. I do the reach out to the brands, but the all visual representation, Everything that you see, all the photo shoots that you do for each bag is actually fully done by my wife. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, her... <laughs> yeah, and it was really funny. First of all, I was surprised that she was eager to, to join me on this quest because yeah. she usually does portrait photography, so she works with people. Yeah. So 
shooting objects and, and product pictures and bag reviews mm-hmm. is something very new to her, but she was really excited to just uh, contribute to my hobby yeah. and support. And her camera is Canon and goodness, I bought the camera, but I forgot the actual uh, <laughs> model. I, will, I can tell you later, uh, but it's nothing really high end. Yeah. It is uh, a middle class camera. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a full frame uh, Canon it's, uh, it's, it's been probably like, the 6D. It's probably yeah. if it's a full frame, it's a 6D or a 5D. I think it's five. I think it's 5D. You're right. Okay. And we had it for like three years, and we are actually considering upgrading to recently announced Canon R6. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, thank you. The the visual parts and the eye for the details and the locations, everything is on my wife. She's amazing in that. Yeah, that's uh, she's so working. Good work with so many people and she always uh, looks for interesting locations that would highlight the mood Mm -hmm. that would tell the environment story you know we're not shooting the bag we're trying to tell the story and this is when the interesting places or even just the angles of the of the uh, photography is really bringing them something new up it's really good it's really impressive i i like the very it's the right balance between having like a stage shot but it's very natural but still cool looking and that's why i like it i like really the visuals that you both put into the reviews it's really good thank you and speaking of that picture of charlie 25 that you really liked yeah actually uh, i also posted the review on reddit yeah. and i had one commenter saying that this is the worst picture that he saw in his life what uh, and <laughs> it was really funny because uh, his argument goes uh, if you're trying to highlight the product you need to show the product in in macro you know you need uh, to show it uh, so it's yeah. visible what kind of shape it is what kind of size it is the materials etc and i fully get what he's saying and where he's coming from but i i'm not the guy who creates the pictures for the e-commerce website yeah, yeah. so these are not the pictures you place on the product page you buy the bag yeah, yeah. Uh, my idea is to again tell the story show the bag from the interesting light from my personal perspective and this is when i actually go crazy and maybe the bag is not as featured as it would be mm-hmm. if it was in the studio where all focus sure. is on the bag but it's what i do i i bring something new to the table exactly. i think and exactly i kind of I, I have fun in the process and make it yeah. entertaining, right? I totally uh, emphasize with you in, in, in regard to that comment because obviously you know my videos and they are all heavily graded. And in the beginning, I also had those feedback and those comments where it was like, hey, the grading is too strong, I can't see the back. And I totally get that. And that's a, a very valid point. But I feel like I want to be as creative as possible with these videos so I have fun making these videos and obviously if you want to have like a very scientific review then you shouldn't grade the footage or the the video that highly and you shouldn't and you should focus on each single detail like you mentioned in your pictures but I feel like it should be we are doing this as a passion ourselves anyways so I think that picture is incredible. Yeah, if you listeners go to the website, it's on the Charlie Twenty Five review. It's in this. What is it actually? Is it a bunker so or what is, is it exactly? It's a museum uh, dedicated oh. to the 
what we call it a great patriotic war and okay. the world knows it as the World War II because oh. as you know USSR has not joined the war until uh, 42 uh, so it was sitting on the sideways when the war officially started in 39 for most of the world mm -hmm. and uh, yeah when when USSR joined to to fight the Nazi Germany this is what they called a great patriotic war and this is the oh. museum dedicated to the to the war it has this incredible brutalist architecture yeah, that yeah. is very much signature of, of USSR uh, structures that they built uh, back then. And it has really a uh, weird atmosphere in a way uh, mm -hmm. because it, it is a memorial uh, yeah. to, to people who, who lost their lives, of course, to, to countless of people who sacrificed themselves, who fought for their country. Uh, but in a way, it's also a very unique uh, location that I really wanted to uh, to highlight and i think i might come back to it uh, still it's, because it has many other points to explore yeah it's a it's a great location the pictures look incredible and it works perfectly for for a bag like the charlie 25 i think all all the concrete and the the stone the walls the gray walls looks great i mean it's cool it's, it's a very cool cool pictures that you made there you're invited to Kiev to also use the location. I'll be glad to show you around. <laughs> that would be awesome. I've never been to that part of the world. Yeah, but thank you so much for answering that uh, question. And yeah, I would say now you can hit me with a question if you like. All right. So, so there has been a video a while ago that you posted mm -hmm. about your uh, bag storage. So yeah. you showed us a countless boxes filled with <laughs> gems some of the bags were, were like produced uh, in a very limited runs or yeah. no longer manufactured at all yeah. so you basically have this pile of amazing bags yeah. that people are like salivating about and, and going crazy about <laughs> so my first question is what is your uh, mid to long-term plan for these uh, bags for all this amazing collection that you've accumulated over the years that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I think some of the bags obviously are planned to be given away here on Patreon. Some of the, as you mentioned, the specialized bags, the rare um, collector's items like the Carryology bags, those I will keep, but I haven't really decided how I want to do that. I've always been inspired by the wall that Pack Hacker has like all of the bags on the wall. And I started with one bag um, on this wall and I've, I'm thinking of putting more bags on the wall as well. However, I'm not sure because I think this is the wall that you can't see at the moment. That is a dry wall. So I'm not right. sure how many bags I'm, I could physically put on the wall without the wall being damaged. So <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> if that would be a good plan. But yeah, that's the plan at the moment i haven't really thought about it yet there are so many bags that that i value a lot but haven't had the chance to test uh, not to test them to use them for anything else than the review for instance the karyology track bag this gray one with the dyneema orange interior that's a great bag and i loved reviewing that bag but i feel like it's not really a bag that fits 
in my lifestyle and that I could use on a day-to-day basis. But it's such a cool bag and a limited bag that I don't want to sell it or give it away. So it it stays here. It's I don't know. I, I haven't... I haven't had a real plan. If you had all of the bags, what would you do with that? Uh, well, first of all, I'll do the inventory of those bags. I'm a bit obsessed by creating Google spreadsheets and just <laughs> everything I have, trying to understand where the things overlap between each other, uh, where they duplicate in function, mm. uh, so I can minimize uh, the collection because I'm very, very... I think prudent about the the things I own. I try to uh, have less, in fact, and each bag I receive that I really like, yeah. uh, it puts me in a very difficult position where I have to let go of something else. Yeah, I it kind of squeezes something else out of my possession, and I have four uh, hooks on the wall, and I try <laughs> to limit myself with just four backpacks. So slings not in, not included, but four backs is is, backpacks <laughs> is the maximum I allow myself to have. Uh, and it's not going really well, I have to say. So <laughs> it will get worse. To answer your question, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do the inventory. <laughs> I'll see the overlap. I'll try to see perhaps which bags I am absolutely attached to and will not let go for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have only one bag like that in my possession. This is Alpha Thirty One from Remote Equipment, mm-hmm. and uh, the rest I would uh, consider maybe color code by something to uh, prepare as a gift. To, to a person I, yeah. I really like and who would value such gift, you know, because some people you give a really awesome back to, yeah. and they have no idea what how to use it. They don't incorporate it in their life. So they would not appreciate fully the extent of this item in their possession. Makes so, sense. Yeah. Uh, some of them I would I would sell, of course, because to be honest, we're trying also to, to fund this new camera purchase for my wife. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I try to uh, to be very critical about the things I own. So everything I sell goes into that camera fund that eventually, yeah. hopefully, be big enough to buy the Canon R6. Yeah, the R6 is incredible, but it is definitely quite the investment. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I hope I um, answered your question a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't. Yes. It wasn't the perfect answer. <laughs> it was a curveball on my side. Yeah. So you, you played it well. So. Going from your spreadsheet and categorizing, I think this kind of segues a li- slightly into my next question. Since all of your reviews are in written form, how does your review style, or I believe that your review style differs a little bit from mine because your structure, obviously, a written article different than a video. So how do you approach a back review? Do you, How long do you test the back? And... Yeah, do you start writing while you are testing the bag or how do you approach your reviews in general? Wow, that's a good question. So I have uh, my process, my flow in in reviewing the bags. So I have the template where I, I basically have the general structure of the review that I want to cover. Ah, okay. So this mm-hmm. is the, the four words, the, yeah. the introduction about the bag. Uh, comfort, quality, etc. So all the things that you see, my reviews are are split into, mm-hmm. and I try to fill those things as soon as I get the bag. So when I unpack the bag, I immediately start, you know, uh, playing with it, uh, um, trying to put th- things into it, uh, trying yeah, to yeah, walk yeah. around, uh, not just my apartment, but maybe go grocery shopping, like do some uh, normal day-to-day activity mm-hmm. as soon as I get the bag. So I have the first impressions 
and uh, over the course of two three weeks while I have uh, the the honeymoon phase I try to fill this structure with as much thoughts as I can mm-hmm. so tip number one I always try to have uh, accessible the the notebook or uh, the the app on my phone like with notes that mm-hmm. I immediately can reach out mm-hmm. and as I use the bag maybe an idea pop in my head and yeah, I try yeah. to save it to then incorporate into review so I, I try to fill the review with these uh, snippets as I use the bag mm-hmm. uh, over the course of two three weeks and then um, I, I have a, a crunch session when I try to fill all the gaps and, and finish the review over the weekend, yeah. uh, especially after we have the photography. So I try to um, have the photography elaborated as well. So when I see the pictures we took with my wife, uh, I, I want to highlight some of, the, some of the things already on the pictures. Uh, and we also try to um, photograph the thoughts that I have about the bag. So mm-hmm. if I have a specific aspect of the bag I want to highlight, I tell to Edvira, uh, hey, this is the thing I really like. Please take a shot of this. The process takes uh, two, three weeks on average, sometimes up to four weeks uh, uh, for testing the bag. Normally, I have the good idea of what I'm receiving because I am communicating with the uh, bag makers and we are aligned on what I'm going to receive. And often what I receive is something that is already reviewed. So mm. uh, these are the bags that are uh, not new to the market, uh, mm. but, but the creators want to, to have a different take on the review. So I do that. And one amazing exception to my whole process was Charlie 25. So mm. probably you can, you can uh, sympathize, but when I received the box, I had no idea how the bag yeah. would look like. I had exactly. no idea about the use case. I had no idea. Well, I could assume the, the volume because Charlie 25, 25 stands for mm-hmm. liters of the volume. That's the only thing I knew. Well, I knew that it's a backpack. I knew that it's going to be using X21, uh, the X21 fabric. Uh, I knew some general things, but I had no clue what the bag is. Yeah. So when I unboxed it, it was like a Christmas morning. <laughs> I, I was surprised that I had to figure out by myself as I tested. Yeah. Because I have not seen any promotional videos or no um, uh, experience from other reviewers that I could build upon. So I started from complete scratch. And that was incredible experience. When yeah. I, I had to figure out the bag by myself, I had to uh, understand all, it, all its quirks. On the Charlie 25, we discussed briefly, there was this uh, compression strap exactly, that yeah. uh, I had no clue what to do with. So I was I just so confused it for my keys. as well. Yeah, I was really confused with that strap. That was a really strange strap. <laughs> yeah, so, so that review, um, in fact, it was my longest review to date. Uh, I normally write maybe 1,500 words, maybe 2,000 words. That was over 3,500 words for Charlie because I had so many things to say. I was so excited. I was so passionate about the story of this bag and the company that I really enjoyed that uh, it was something incredible. So in my future reviews, I would love to repeat that. I would love to receive a mystery box, you know, Mm -hmm. a product that haven't been featured at all, uh, that hasn't been covered by anyone else yet. And I'm doing the review in parallel with some other people. Uh, That's an experience to 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 make me humble myself because mm-hmm. I know that there is a lot of trust from the creator to send me one of those very few reviews and and ask for my uh, honest opinion about the bag. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's been a very rewarding experience. Totally agree. 
Yeah, thank you so much for answering that question. You're welcome. It's, it's, a, it's a very a big and broad question, to be honest. And well, yes, I have the process, but some of the bags ruin the process completely. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, was, I think the process isn't as different as I expected it to be. The only thing that differs is that you don't need to record the process right then because usually i have also i write everything in my note app whenever i'm finding a positive or a negative and then usually if i have the time i take out the camera and i start filming that for instance like the the bag doesn't stand up and i notice oh the bag keeps falling over then i can usually just take out the camera and film that but other than that i think it feels like everything is pretty similar i thought it would be a little bit different but yeah it's the same i think the main difference between our processes is that you're very self-sufficient so you're the man one army uh one man army oh yeah or mm. one man show who does everything so you do the writing you do the recording you do mm. the editing so the production and post-production everything is on your shoulders which is incredible because you're at the center of of this entire creative flow and and you are very free in doing what you want to do my approach is a bit different because i'm also connected to my wife to her schedule mm. uh, we have a baby boy who is 10 months old so she's a oh, mother wow. yeah, yeah. first so <laughs> uh, a lot of life is going on between the reviews so we have to uh synchronize our calendars and, and our lives to be able to get her as a photographer to the location that she wants and make the pictures that she wants mm. so a, a little bit more planning, I think, is involved. But it's so cool that you are such a good team in creating these cool reviews. That's awesome. That's really cool. All right. Cool. So what's your, what's your next question then? This is uh, a bit meta and maybe a bit heavy, but yeah. bear sure. with me. What would you tell to your past self, like say five years ago, okay. and, and your future self, like five years into the future? What kind of things you would tell yourself what kind of advice you would give in yourself in the past or in the future, uh, knowing what you know right now. You mean in regards to, to, to the life, bags? Oh, to, to life, to everything. <laughs> to life, to your hobby, to your career, uh, personal, professional, whatever you want to yeah. cover. Hmm. It's a very big question. <laughs> That's a big question, yeah. I think to my past self, I would say keep doing what you're doing. Because I, I think that everything that I have done in the last five years was very well worth it. And um, I don't think there was anything that I could have done better. Um, obviously, there were a couple of things that were very difficult, be it privately or be it business-wise or be it YouTube-wise. But I think everything that, that you're doing in life has a reason and brings you forward to a point of development or yeah to evolve basically so yeah i would say to my past i would say just keep doing what you're doing even though in the past i had often times where i was questioning like everyone i think everyone is questioning what she or he is doing but i think yeah even though i was questioning myself i think everything was all right so yeah just keep doing and my future self i probably would ask my future self the question was everything all right <laughs> were all the decisions okay but yeah my future self i don't know 
Maybe stop eating so many burgers or fast food. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, your future self is all ripped and, you know, like with six pack and everything. Uh, and you I just wish say, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's so terrible since the lockdown. I haven't been able to do any sports and I have actually gained like four kilos, <laughs> which is terrible, <laughs> which is really terrible. I need to work out again. But yeah, what could you say to your future self? I have no idea. Let me think about that. I'm not sure. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. But yeah. but your answer to the to to what would you sell to your past self actually tells that you're very content with what you have right now. You're quite happy with where you are at, at this yeah, point of your life. Definitely. So it's 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 a really good sign because when you want to say to your past self, "Dude, you have to change a lot of things." Yeah. That means that <laughs> uh, somewhere you took the wrong turn and you regret it, mm. and it's, uh, it's a it's a difficult, well, I think, uh, way of thinking about life. Definitely, I think the issue with with thinking about the past is that many people think that if they have done something wrong in the past, that they need to regret it. For me, it's like the last five years definitely were very tough. There were, have been lots of different things that were very difficult. However, I think that is very important. I think going through difficult times let you grow. And I think it's a cliche to say that they make you stronger. And I don't think that necessarily going through tough times make you stronger, but they make you a little bit wiser in terms that either you know okay, can't get worse. I already went through a couple of things in my life that have been terrible, so nothing else is worrying me. For instance, if you went through tough times and then you have a day where, I don't know, where you have a flat tire and your work isn't going well, then it doesn't matter. All of those mundane problems seem not that big of a deal because you have been dealing with much bigger issues in the past. So that's why I don't think that anything, if you have done something that you potentially have the chance to regret, I don't think that you should regret it because it gave you the chance to learn something and yeah, you, you know how to deal with that, I think. Right. I'm not sure if I explained it correctly, but <laughs> no. no I, what I got from you is that, like, the more tough things you 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 experience in your life, the more you push your pain threshold as well. And that's a good. Anything yeah, below that is is not really affecting you as much because you yeah. already pushed your limits to a point where exactly. even the difficult things for you before are not really that hard anymore. That's you, yeah. You that's got a good yourself. explanation. Yeah, that's that's definitely. What I meant, and yeah, I think in the past it was difficult, but I don't regret anything. I would do it the same way. I hope that answered. <laughs> that was a very deep question. <laughs> well, I, I did give you a heads up that it's it's gonna be it was heavy a and meta. Question. So no, if you really prefer question. not to have these questions in the no, future, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I, I like that. I think it's important to talk about this stuff because. Nowadays, with all of the lockdown and all of the uh, things that are happening in the world, I think it's it's good to talk about this kind of stuff and to reflect. I think, yes, the world is kind of, for the lack of a better word, it's kind of shitty at the moment. So it's good to think about stuff that are good, uh, are good. And I feel like that everything that has happened to me in the past, be it good or bad, led to a good present for me at least yeah 
Right. I think the cure to to all the difficult things and all the tough thoughts and and feelings that you experience, the cure to everything is gratitude. You need to understand that everything that happens to you happens a for a reason, and nothing that comes uh, your way uh, is something beyond your your capacity to to handle. So yeah. everything that you get in your life is again is, is coming with a lesson to you or something to to understand and to to learn to grow. And if you appreciate both good and bad, mm. then you learn from both. Well said. I agree with you totally, one hundred percent. So yeah, I feel like my question is also boring then. <laughs> so my next question is because I've honestly I'm not very well educated in your part of the world in terms of not necessarily history and stuff like that, but in terms of society styles and preferences. For instance, I'm going back to bags. In Asia, it's totally common to have a sling bag, for instance. In USA, as far as I understand, in USA, it's usually when people see a sling bag, they think about a fanny pack or like a man purse. And in Germany, it's like bags and backpacks aren't important. Everyone feels like, oh, that's a backpack that costs more than 100 euros. I'm not going to buy that. And I wonder what it's like uh, where you are living. How is the perception in terms of bags? Are bags common? Is it like an item like in Germany where people say like, oh, bags shouldn't cost that much. I don't need a good quality bag. What's the general feeling with bags, hmm. sling bags, backpacks in Kiev? So in Ukraine in general, I think the purchasing power is not really strong. Mm -hmm. So any purchases that the person makes that there's not vital for their survivor, like food and, and paying for your uh, accommodation, mm -hmm. any extra purchases, they have so little money left of those consumers to dispose uh, that expensive things are not being bought uh, too much, I would say. Mm -hmm. In general, the, the bag culture is not very developed in Ukraine because, again, not many people can afford expensive bags and they don't see the value of investing hundreds of uh, dollars into the bag that could easily be replaced by a cheap $20 bag made locally that would be destroyed in six months, yeah. but would, would perform during those six months up to a very low standard that the person has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to see when I'm exploring the city to see an expensive bag on someone, the brand that I recognize, that I know that was imported to Ukraine specifically mm -hmm. uh, by that person who appreciates. So that creates a really cool feeling of camaraderie with a person who also is a bit of a nerd, yeah. who also went extra mile to, to order this and to, to use it in his daily life. Yeah. But in general, it's really, it's almost sad to see the choice of bags people have. Uh, they, they really buy something that gets the job done, but doesn't look good in the process, will not last. And it's something that I also want to, to challenge and to improve with my reviews, with the bags that I own, with the experience that I share with people around me. Yeah. that there is a whole new world of bags that can really be heritage piece, that mm -hmm. can be given to your grandkids, that could perform in the harshest conditions, that will not fail you in the most terrible conditions. And it's something that opens up the eyes of people I know, and I, I enjoy it. But to answer your question, the, the bag culture is not very developed in Ukraine, I would say. I assume it's probably the same like in Germany 
three years ago. It's still great. I mean, in, in Germany, it's still not that big. Bags aren't that big yet. So I, I assume that it's, it will grow into. But you said that the buying power um, in Ukraine isn't that high. Do you feel like wearing a bag that is so expensive is an issue in terms of that it could potentially be stolen? Or, or do people not recognize... Oh, probably they don't recognize if that's an. They don't recognize bag, no? that. That's the thing. Yeah, they just okay. see the black bag. They have yeah, no idea true. that it's just a gorug that costs maybe four hundred dollars. Yeah, they just okay, see the black sense. rectangle yeah, yeah, on your true. back. <laughs> yeah, forget that question. Now that that I think about it, no one knows how expensive a gorug or another bag is. I mean, you can't keep the price tag on. You know, <laughs> <so people> <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird flex, though. <laughs> the price uh, tag. If on this the is head. a Gorak, you can you can embroider a custom patch, you know, with the with the dollar sign, yeah. how much it costs. Four hundred dollars. As mentioned, I I'm not very well informed about Ukraine, unfortunately. I need to take a look. Where exactly is is Kiev? Is it a big city? How big is it? It is a capital, so. Officially, it has about uh, two and a half million uh, oh, population yeah. below three, but unofficially, it's over four million people. Oh. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a pretty big. Why unofficially? Do you have so many people that aren't registered, or the this the census that was done in 2016 uh, is is one thing. This is what the general statistics is based on. But after four years with so much immigration. Uh, with so many people coming and going, it's really hard to say exactly what is the population of the city. Oh, wow. So, but that's, just based on the traffic jams in the morning, you, you can tell that it, it, there's a lot of people. But, but that's quite the difference between two million, three million, four million. <laughs> well, people, people do make babies as well. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> there, there are some places we call them like the sleeping uh, districts, where you have the high rises. Uh, that has uh, that have so many you know people living there. So it's really hard to to say exactly what is the population mm. as of today. Uh, but in general, it has been decreasing. So I think in the beginning of 1992, when the Ukraine was independent, we had 42 million people. We had the official statistics. It's 42 million for the whole Ukraine. Right now, it's uh, getting closer to 30 million, so less than 10 10 million people in 20 years uh, due to a lot of immigration mm. uh, so people just leave ukraine to canada to 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 europe for work mostly in the state mm. okay yeah thanks for answering that question so what's what's your next big question then maybe not that big but i was always <laughs> curious what is your vision uh, for your channel what is the bright future you have in your head for what you do with your current youtube channel do you have any plans to to change something dramatically from what you do right now Yeah, like what? What's your end game? Like in in three five years, uh, where you want to take this baby of yours? Honestly, I was never expecting that the channel would grow like this, what it is at the moment, and I would have never imagined having a Patreon. It's incredible to see, flattering, humbling. I'm so thankful for all of the support, and I've, as mentioned, I've never thought about this being really a thing. I mean, when I started the channel with the Gorok video, it was all about no one was doing 
bag reviews and I wanted to have a review about that bag because I spent 400 euros for that bag, right? So I said like, okay, let's make a video about that. And then it started from there and I've never anticipated or expected such a growth. So it sometimes doesn't really feel real in, in a way to see so much interest. And my next goal, and I think this will take probably one more year or two years, is to get to 100k. Like Packhacker has already reached this. Chase Reeves will reach that in no time. So yeah, I don't know when this channel will reach 100k. For me, this is a passion project. I love making the videos from a filmmaking aspect. Have all the editing, have lots of cool pictures and great that like I like to do it and sometimes I feel like that the style that I do is not very um, helpful to the YouTube algorithm because my videos are usually fairly short and someone told me it's not about the content but it's more about how long the videos are so because YouTube changed to watch time the longer you stay on the video that's why podcasts on YouTube are working so well and that's why I assume Chase Reeves channel works so well because obviously YouTube wants to sell ads so the longer the video, the more ads they could put inside the video and therefore they, they earn more money from you. So right. I was thinking that this could be a problem with my channel, that my videos are only like 10 minutes long. But I don't want to change anything. I think this is my style and I want to keep it that way. The only thing that I probably want to try out, but not because I want to show my life, but rather to try the style is to do some vlogging style videos. I was thinking about using the vlog style as a review. Well, no, do a review in a vlog style because I like the, the concept of a vlog because it's actually pretty challenging to do it and transport the proper information. That's why so many vlogs are, in my opinion, very boring. <laughs> but the, the style itself, like having this very casual, very documentary style, is very, as a filmmaker, it's very interesting because it is actually very difficult to pull off and to be entertaining, informative, but still have this very spontaneous style to it. That's, as a filmmaker, that's very difficult. So that's something I would like to try out at some point. And yeah, but other than that, at the moment, oh, maybe try some other items as well. I would love to do more clothing stuff, like travel-related yeah. clothing. However, I'm not going to travel anytime soon. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going inside a plane. Definitely not. I'm not. I don't like going into a train at the moment. So yeah, that's why I actually have declined most of the carry-on bag reviews or at least I told them hey I'm not going to travel anytime soon so I'm not I potentially could do a quick look about that carry-on bag but I'm not going to travel so I'm not going to be able to actually test that bag that is why I actually declined a couple of bags and yeah I'm not sure how to change my channel while keeping the content still relevant for all of you, my viewers. But yeah, I can't travel. So 
that's out of the window. <laughs> I can't do anything about that. <laughs> or for instance, dop kits. I recently had someone send me wanted to send me over a dop kit. I was like, yeah, maybe, but I don't know how to test that. Obviously, I could test it in my own bathroom, but what fun would that be? I mean, I'm not sure. Right. It's strange at the <laughs> moment. Especially, I, I talked to a couple of other bag reviewers in, in, in the last few weeks. And for all of us, it's, it's kind of strange times because the interest in bag is pretty low, obviously. And we ourselves, I mean, all of us bag reviewers, I feel like our bag enthusiasts are quite responsible people. And I feel like most of us who are into bags aren't really thinking about traveling, maybe for business, but not necessarily for leisure um, or vacation. So it's difficult to test any traveling bag, for me at least. I think it's really interesting that the, the category of bags related to travel is definitely going really down. Like the sales of those items are, are really down because people are not traveling as much and not using mm -hmm. the travel bags. On the other hand, I would imagine that the bags that are EDC, like like your portable office, uh, are actually seeing an increase in sales yeah, because definitely. people are need to carry their stuff for them and need to have their office mobile as much as possible mm -hmm. while keeping the tech organized, while keeping it protected. Definitely being comfortable wearing all that gear on your back uh, for an extended amount of time. So uh, some of the categories for sure are, are being uh, are suffering for sure, for sure, but maybe others will uh, see the companies through and, and mm -hmm. those margins from those products uh, could help the companies uh, stay afloat because many businesses are, are closing. Unfortunately, many are restructuring, uh, going from bags to uh, apparel or things yeah, yeah. that are sold. Like, like Gorek recently, they, they discontinued some of the product line to, to focus on mm. what is being sold. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely an interesting time. But what I really uh, am confident about and I have no uh, concerns uh, is your future. Because as you said, even the bags that are being offered to you for review, you decline. Uh, and it's, I think, part of your character being a very authentic person, being a person Thank you. Uh, with high integrity that doesn't say Thank you very much. give me everything send me stuff <laughs> like this is because when the company sends you things it's an investment mm. and as a responsible reviewer uh, or a collaborator you need to make sure that it's sustainable that what you return as an investment uh, of those back is actually supporting the companies mm. so you declining the items that are being sent to you for free uh, speaks a lot about your character and This is what makes me confident about your future. Like, as, you as long as you stay in the center of your channel with these values, with your integrity, you'll be fine. And YouTube, by the way, they change the algorithm all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe, like maybe every six yours months. will be more popular <laughs> in, the, in the very near future. So yeah. don't but, worry about that. But yeah, I don't, I don't really worry about the growth of the channel because I really like the support that the channel has. I think it's better to have like a very core audience of people rather than a million people that will leave you in a second. That, that are strangers, yeah. Yeah, I, f I feel like that's that's what happening. what's happening with a lot of those big vloggers that have like millions of subscribers. They do one thing that the people dislike and then like two million people are gone <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's, yeah. I think it's better to have a very a core group of 
very good fans than have two millions of very flaky fans that might leave you very quickly. <laughs> I think. Oh, you're right, and, and I think it's great that you're trying to interact with the, with your community, with people who are subscribed to you. Uh, on one of the uh, recent podcasts, I heard that you were concerned that you are not as responsive as you could be. Yeah, that was what you wanted to be. You yeah. wanted to comment on every question. You wanted to reach out to every person who reaches to you. So this uh, requires a lot of energy and a lot of time, of course. And when you have such a big audience that you cannot manage, mm. uh, the quality of interaction also changes. So it's great that you're trying to keep this as, as big as you can maintain, but at the same <laughs> time, make sure that the interaction is also authentic, yeah. that it's sincere, that you have enough time to say hi to people who follow you. So that's great. Thank you so much. That's, uh, that means a lot. Thanks. <laughs> I'm one of those people and I, I appreciate all the work that you've done, Bo. Again, you're the go-to channel uh, whenever the new thing is released. Uh, so just the, again, the uh, sincerity of your reviews, your, your character, your personality, it brings a lot of value to me personally and to many other people. So keep up the excellent work that you're doing. Thanks. Uh, stay safe. And uh, thank you for having me for this. Yeah, definitely. Podcast. Definitely. Thank you, you so much for, for taking the time. And yeah, everything that you said, that means a lot. Thank you so much. And especially coming from you, I thought, as mentioned in the beginning, I was under the impression you have been a reviewer for much longer. So yeah, that's... That's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much again for taking the time for this little podcast and for all of your questions and answering my questions. And maybe if anyone else on the Patreon has a couple of questions, um, just comment below and maybe you can check them out and answer them if there are any questions. Of course, I'm one of the patrons and I would love to uh, interact with other patrons via channel. All right, yeah. Thank you so much and stay safe and healthy and everyone, we will hear you in the next podcast. Thank you, Bob. Take care, everyone.